This podcast is brought to you by Crisp. It is a software that automatically mutes background noise in any communication app. No more embarrassing dog barks, traffic noises, crying babies, and family chatters when you're doing your calls from home or the nearby cafe. With Crisp, those noises will be muted and your caller will not be able to hear any of them. Not only is it able to remove background noises, it can also even remove the ones coming from your caller. So all you get is high-quality audio without the distractions. Crisp supports any devices and over 800 apps such as Zoom, Teams and WebEx. Try out the world's best AI-powered noise-cancelling technology for free. Simply go to adriantan.com.sg crisp to get started. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Tan. On the Adrian Tan Show, I interview leaders and experts on how they are enabling the future of work and turn these insights into practical advice so that you will be ready for the future of work. If you are new to the show, I have episodes with mindfulness coach, HR tech vendors, HR leaders, and many more. Today, I get to speak with Professor James Trevelin. He is the founder of Close Comfort, and they are reinventing air conditioning for modern consumers who are increasingly concerned about health and sustainability. Close Comfort's units use a proprietary cooling technology that helps save up to 85% of electricity compared to conventional air conditioner units. And because you can use it with open windows, you don't get the stale air commonly associated with conventional air conditioner. In this episode, we get to learn how he was inspired to start this business, why you seldom see innovation in the air cooling space, what is the urban heat island effect, and his thoughts on Singapore Green Plan in 2030. And here's Professor Trevelin. Hi, Professor. Thank you for coming on to the show. Great to meet you, Adrian. It's really timely to have this conversation because the past few days has been really, really hot in Singapore. And today we're going to be discussing about temperature. We're going to discuss about refrigeration, air conditioning. I'm really very interested to find out more from you. But before we begin, could you help us to understand what got you interested into the air conditioning field? Oh, I found myself in Pakistan with my, my dear wife is from Pakistan. And I developed a love for an inextinguishable love for Pakistan mangoes. I'm sure there are great mangoes from elsewhere, but Pakistan mangoes are to die for, literally. But you have to be there in May and June to get the best ones because they're picked ripe off the trees and they need that heat, you know, 45, 46 degrees during the day. They need that heat to ripen. So there I was, 2003, 2004, I can't quite remember when, and all of a sudden, the government introduced load shedding. So the air conditioner in my bedroom would die, you know, at two or three or four o'clock in the morning. And I was lying there in bed, sweat running down my brow, listening to the mosquitoes in formation lining up and targeting me. Total silence, total darkness, no fan at all. And I thought, there's got to be a better way to keep cool. And it has to run on a battery. Because even at that time, you know, pretty much every home that I came across had a battery backup power supply that, you know, you need it to just keep a few lights on or watch the telly, you know, to catch up on the drama. And in those days, of course, the real reason they were introduced was the the computers in those days didn't have batteries. So the slightest power loss and you'd lose everything you've been doing. So I said, okay, this air conditioner has to run on one of these backup power supplies. 
But that was a tough call because, you know, it's hard for them to deliver more than two or 300 watts. And so it took quite a few years to get an air conditioner which would work on that much power. So that was the start of the story. Technology has been brought across to Australia as well as to Singapore, which is why we're having this conversation. And how different would it be from what most Singaporeans would be accustomed to? I mean, we, we all have a split unit in the house, and, and I'm, I'm quite pretty certain because it's a split unit, it has a compressor, it consumes a lot of energy. So how do you make your technology different or how, you, how do you make your product so different that the consumption is much lesser? Well... The key thing is like a torch beam. A torch beam focuses a small amount of light just where you need it. And we do the same for air conditioning. We air condition people rather than the room or the building. And that's the key to getting the power requirement down. You know, with a traditional air conditioner, nearly all of that energy is used just to cool concrete. And I don't know about you, but I've yet to meet concrete and bricks that complain when it's too hot. It's just people. <laughs> So the whole idea of this is to focus the cooling where it's needed. And that, that brings, you know, tremendous advantages. So the first thing that I hate about air conditioning is, is being closed in a glass box. You know, I can't open the window. Uh, and once you get rid of the need to cool the room, you can have the window open. You can even use these machines outside, outdoors. So you remove nearly all of the constraints and nearly all of the energy consumption that's associated with traditional air conditioning. And of course, it costs hardly anything to run. So your technology actually allow me to use your machine at the same time to open the window, which is something yeah. quite different from what I'm accustomed to. And in terms of, besides the, the, the energy saving aspect, I do understand there's also a health benefit that is associated with your product. And is that because you're able to breathe in more fresh air, less, less circulation of bad air in the room? Well, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I, I read the, the scientific literature. First of all, I have to say I'm not a medical researcher and we don't have the kind of budget which would allow us to do, you know, traditional medical trials. But I look at it this way. If you look at the 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 information that's coming out, for example, on COVID, coronavirus, it, you know, more and more we're aware now that, that it spreads through the air, small particles, and ventilation is the key thing. You know, you, you, you look at what's happened in Europe and the US in the winter months when people are confined indoors without adequate ventilation. That's when the disease really spreads. Once people have an outdoor lifestyle and they're in the fresh air, then the infections drop dramatically. And so that's just just one aspect to illustrate how fresh air, living in fresh air is so much healthier than living in, you know, traditional air conditioned environments. I'm sure lots of your listeners have heard about the sick building syndrome. You know, it's been known for decades. People who work in fully air conditioned buildings really do suffer from lots of sicknesses. Not everybody, but a surprisingly large proportion of the people who work in them. I think most recently there was also a news article about uh, some reports that clinics are seeing a drastic drop in the number of patients coming in for flu syndromes because full symptoms because most likely they do not have to go back to office and like I said going to an office when you are breathing in the same air over and over again it would lead to such things happening at a much higher frequency and something that also phantomed me when you mentioned about how your technology, which sounds so simple, by focusing on the individual instead of the room, the bricks, the, the furniture, it sounds so simple, but yet it, it, it's like the other companies out there, the, the 
all the air conditioning companies you can think of did not implement anything like this. Why has it taken so long for air conditioning technology to evolve? Well, I think the first thing is it's hard to understand, even for engineers. So most engineers work from standard solutions and, and you know, they take existing solutions and make minor changes. And that stops you from make, thinking about it in a different way. You, you know, even, you know, I've had a lot to do with air conditioning technology for the last 15 years. And even though I think I know quite a lot now and I understand these machines from first principles, often when we make changes, they have the exactly the opposite effect to what we expect. And, and you need to understand obscure ideas like entropy and two-phase multi-mode flow heat transfer. And, and no computer today can adequately simulate that. And, and, and then you, you think about this, both the airflow through the machine and the refrigerant fluid that's going through the pipes inside, they're invisible. You can't see what's happening inside. So you've got something that's invisible, hard to understand. It's governed by relatively obscure physics. So it's really hard. You know, when we when I first took a prototype to China, I didn't really appreciate this. And we went to a factory who are expert at replicating designs and mass producing them. You know, they're not illegal copiers. They people bring their 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 machines and they say, Look, we want, you know, ten thousand of these and they produce them. So they had a look at my prototype and smiled and say, We can do it much better than that. And when they put their machine together, it only had about 30% of the performance of ours because they were thinking along traditional air conditioning lines and didn't realize that you have to rethink everything from scratch. So that's, I think, the reason. It's really hard for air conditioning en engineers to break out of traditions that date back a century. Right, that's interesting. And, and hopefully, if there's any air conditioning engineers listening to this, this would really help you to think about what you're doing in a very different way. And talking to you about this in Singapore, where it's like summer almost every single day. And most recently, the, the government has mentioned about the green plan for 2030. And of course, almost every apartment in Singapore has air conditioner, the malls, the houses, the MRTs. And of course, all this would take up a lot of energy. There's also a lot of, a lot of air pollution, noise pollution. What's your general take on this? How could, how could, we do better in this space to ensure that we still can function well in the heat, but at the same time, lessen our footprint on energy consumption? It, that's a really good question because this is something that doesn't only involve technology. You know, at the heart of this lies human behavior, perceptions, and, and the sensation of comfort. And we're, we're, we're still struggling to understand, you know, what it is that makes people comfortable. Something really interesting has come out in the last few years, and, and that is that people, if you go back to the days before air conditioning, people were comfortable in temperatures that most Singaporeans would be amazed at. You'd find people working comfortably in buildings that were as low as 12 or 13 degrees and as hot as 35 degrees without any kind of extra ventilation, maybe a small fan blowing in the, in the, the really hot conditions. And what we find is that when people are exposed to air conditioning and they live in an air conditioned environment day and night, you know, traveling to and from work and so on, they lose the natural ability to adapt to different temperatures. 
and and so they actually prefer to be at a fixed temperature. In in fact, in America, I'm sure that you know that anybody who's travelled there would would know that Americans like to be colder inside the buildings than they in summer than they are in winter. So what we've learned is that humans adapt to different conditions very readily, but once given the opportunity to live in a fixed temperature, they will do so even though it's bad for their health. And this is a really interesting thing that's starting to come out from physiological studies that. Living in constant temperature conditions, your the condition of your heart goes off, your your cardiovascular system declines in its capacity, and above all, you lose your resilience to high and low temperature. Whereas if you live partly exposed to to heat or cold, you're actually much healthier. And so, one of the big advantages of personal air conditioning is that it's cooling part of you. You know, it it doesn't cool the whole your whole body, it just cools your, your face, neck, upper body, because that's the part that, that needs to feel cool in order for you to feel comfortable. And that means you, 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 lose, you don't lose your natural adaptation to heat. And it's really interesting, people who use our machines are now coming back to us and saying, you know, I even feel, oops, I'm sure you can edit that out. People who use our machines uh, a lot of the time say, you know, now I feel more comfortable even outdoors without air conditioning. I need less air conditioning because somehow I'm, I'm not as sensitive to the heat as I was before I started using your machines. And I feel better. You know, my biggest, my biggest obstacle perhaps in getting acceptance was actually my wife. She's my biggest skeptic. And there we were in Pakistan. And, and in Pakistan, it, it's hard for your users to understand this, but without air conditioning, the temperature in your bedroom at midnight can be around 40 to 42 degrees centigrade. Imagine that. That's a lot hotter, I'm sure, than it's been in Singapore the last few days. Oh, for sure. And so in Singapore, we have, sorry, in Pakistan, we have a bed tent that, that goes over the bed and it amplifies the effect of our cooling device. And my wife looked at this tent and said, you know, I'm claustrophobic. You know, I will never get into something like that. I'm never going to be able to sleep in that thing. And I said, look, please just try it. Just try it for an hour. That's all I ask. You know, if you don't like it after an hour, I won't insist that you sleep in it. Well, she got in there and she, she said, oh, this is so comfortable. And she slept in it that night. And since then, she's never slept in Pakistan in summer with a conventional air conditioner, except when we go places where there's no none of our machines. And so what she told me was that she felt so much more comfortable because she didn't get that dry eye feeling that you wake up with quite often with conventional air conditioners. I don't know. I don't suffer from that, but I think a lot of people do. Uh, and she, she, she said, I wouldn't sleep with anything else. So, and we found so many of our users are telling us the same things. Now, of course, as I said, we don't have a medical research budget, so we're only relying on what people are telling us. But I, I feel really excited that this is something which is going to make life easier for everybody. You know, you don't have to spend so much on electricity. You don't heat your ne local neighborhood, which is what traditional air conditioners are doing. Not only they're, co they're cooling you, but they're heating the neighborhood. And above all, it's so much better for the global environment. So... That's why I feel really excited about this technology. Uh, and I, it, these are things that I never anticipated when I started off on this journey. Personally, I can second your take on heat sensitivity. Before I started my military service, I was staying in my room with air conditioner almost 
on every night and sometime in the afternoon as well. And the first day when I was in the army camp, I just couldn't get adjusted to it because there was only fan and the fan wasn't even blowing in my direction. So it makes things worse. So, but over time, <laughs> I of course, <laughs> over time, I definitely got used to it. And, and, and that also helped me to adjust much better given all the outdoor activities that we have to do. And another thing that I'd like to get your take on is unique to Singapore situation because we, have, we are a city, there is this thing called the UHI or Urban Heat Island Effect. Could you explain to audience what that is and how that would actually compound the situation we're in. Yeah, sure. So cities are hotter than the surrounding countryside and most noticeably at night. So you notice the biggest difference between the city and the countryside around during the, you know, the, the evening hours. That's not true everywhere, by the way. The cities do have different characteristics, but I, I'm sure that's the case in Singapore. And now where does this heat come from? Well, there's so many places. Of course, one thing is that when you remove the vegetation, you remove the, the natural evaporative cooling that's taking place, as well as, of course, reducing, you know, reducing oxygen and increasing carbon dioxide. You know, I, I got a real surprise. We, I, I'm, I'm very lucky. My wife and I, we have a, a farm outside Perth where we go, and it, there's large areas of forest on our farm relative to the cleared areas. And I, and I have a little meter that I take with me to do some experiments with our air conditioners, and it measures the carbon dioxide concentration. And I was really surprised to find out how much less CO2 there is, you know, where we sleep on our farm compared with Perth. So it's not just, it's just not, not just the heat, but, you know, all the vehicles, they're releasing energy and air conditioners. Air conditioners are releasing the energy that's trapped in buildings because they get hot because the sun heats them up. And then they pump that out into the streets. So this is what causes the urban heat island effect. And it's really a function of how much energy we're using, electricity and so on. Now, the, the key thing is this. You know, traditional air conditioning has to change. Uh, we have to get uh, greenhouse emissions down. And so a lot of people are talking about sourcing green energy, you know, using solar panels and things like that. But that's not going to affect the urban heat island effect. Because as long as you're releasing energy in the city area, it's going to warm the city. So really, the solution to the urban heat island effect is to reduce energy consumption. So using much smaller amounts of energy for air conditioning is one part of that solution. Using smaller and more efficient vehicles running on electric power is another one. And, and still another one is getting more and more vegetation. You know, the thing I love about Singapore is that so many people, so many buildings have lots of vegetation growing up the sides these days. It's really encouraging to see. And it, I think it looks, makes the city look so much more attractive. And it certainly provides cooling. I actually was in a bus yesterday and I came across a bus stop and they have vegetation on top of it. Although I think because of the heat, all the grass and uh, the vegetations are dead. But would that actually play a part in cooling the air for the, the people who are waiting at the bus stops? Because it just seems so sad to look at the dry grasses on top of the bus stop. Well, it's definitely not a good idea to have dead vegetation there. And, and, and it shouldn't be so difficult to organize a bit of water during the dry season, you know. We, in Australia, we know a lot about keeping plants alive through lo long dry seasons, so I'm sure we could help. But if, if those plants were alive, definitely it would help. You know, even, even if the plants are not alive, the fact that you've got soil over the top of the bus shelter, that's, that's uh, definitely going to result in a cooler underside for the roof. 
So yeah, even if the plants are not alive, I, I suspect it'll be slightly more comfortable for the people waiting for the bus. So back to the Singapore Green Plan for 2030, based on your understanding of what has been proposed, where do you think we are do, going in the right direction and what area do you think we can do better? Well, look, it's, it's not so much. Uh, it's more important to go in the right direction because as we go forward, you know, there will be more and more new ideas coming forward on how to make the transition to zero emissions that we have to globally. You know, pretty much every country has now realized we need to get to zero emissions by 2050, if not sooner. So the, the important thing is to get everybody motivated to start looking for solutions and start making small changes. So, for example, you know, in, in my space, air conditioning, there's no reason for people to throw out their split air conditioners because you know, a split air conditioner or traditional air conditioners, they're great for cooling crowds. And every now and again, we need to have a social function. When you, know, when you have a crowd of people and the last thing you want is people sweating through the evening and leaving early because they feel too hot and stuffy. You know, our machines are definitely not for cooling crowds. So the key to it is to, to use both technologies side by side. So you keep your split system for when you have your social functions and the rest of the time you live in fresh air with personal air conditioning. And that way you enjoy the best of both worlds and energy consumption will drop dramatically. So it's, it's just learning to think in different ways and becoming adapted to, to thinking differently and, and acting a bit differently. And the more we do this, the, the easier and easier it'll be to make this change. You know, I'm sure that when we look back in 2050 and we look at what we were doing in 2020, we'll say, why didn't we make these changes sooner? The world is so much easier, it's healthier, it's cheaper to live, and we're more comfortable. Right. So as an individual, definitely we can play a part in trying to bring down our energy consumption and compound that into how we could do much better for the environment. Now, uh, my next question is something that I actually came across while doing some research. Our former Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew actually once mentioned and wished that someone would invent air-conditioned underwear. Based oh, on yes. your understanding of the technology, <laughs> would we ever see that happening? <laughs> You know, I laughed when I saw that question. You sent it to me. Well, I think the first thing we need to work on is odor elimination technology. But it's not something that's on our R&D list. And there's a good reason for that. And that has to do with physiology. You know, if you want to feel cool and comfortable, it's the top part of your body that needs to feel it. The rest of you really doesn't mind the, the warmth. And, you know, think about it. When you're lying under the covers at night, your body is at a temperature of 36, 37 degrees C. And the humidity under the under the bedclothes or the, the doona is you know probably around 60, 70, 80%. You would feel so uncomfortable if you were made to work in those conditions, even with your military training. And yet we feel perfectly comfortable because our face and neck and upper body is in the cool air. So that's the, that's the point. That's the way our physiology works. So, you know, cooling, cooling your underwear. You know, it's an amusing idea, but it's not really going to help. I guess just as uh, how LKY is unique compared to the rest of us, he probably has very unique placement of his sweat glands as well at the lower part <laughs> of his body. Could be. <laughs> he was he was an amazing character, you know, and and you know I understand why so many Singaporeans, you know, re revere his memory because he really was a man of vision. And uh, moving forward for close comfort, what, what's next on the roadmap for you? And what, what are your plans for this year? 
Well, our main plan is to get Close Comfort out into stores across Singapore. We, we've sold pretty much all our units online so far. We've sold a few through uh, conventional stores. Uh, but we know there's lots of people who really want to touch it and feel it before they buy. So, And, you know, we're growing, but we're a small company, so we have to take it one step at a time. Uh, we're not a big multinational at all. You know, it's important to understand. We developed this technology in Australia, originally for Pakistan. And now we're in Australia, Singapore, Pakistan, and in Indonesia and you know as well. But we're selling small numbers of units compared to traditional air conditioning companies. And we need to, to, to grow little bit by little bit and take it one step at a time. So, you know, we've been really thrilled at the reaction of Singaporeans. When we launched, I had no idea how Singaporeans would take to this idea, but they write such wonderful reviews and we meet some of them and they rave about the product. So it's been a really, really wonderful experience to see it. So for more people who is interested to find out more about your product, where can they go to? Well, the best place to start is our website, closecomfort.com, where I think you'll find some entertaining videos. I don't know whether you've seen our video about our trip to Marble Bar a year or two ago. So, uh, Marble no, Bar, okay, so Marble Bar is the hottest place in Australia. And my marketing people said, why don't we go there with a film crew? I thought, gee, it's an expensive place to go. <laughs> but we, we decide, I said, yeah, let's go. And we have this mascot that we call Yuki. So she came along with us. And Yuki, you'll see Yuki on the video. And she's strolling through Marble Bar. And the locals were absolutely amazed. They were really wrapped in this idea. And we got wonderful videos of their comments, which are on our YouTube channel. You know, people at the bar in, in the, the Marble Bar Ironclad Hotel. Now, let me tell you, this is a real country pub in Australia. There is not a single working air conditioner in that pub. And this is a town where the temperature can be over 37, 38 for, you know, months at a time. So it's quite an experience to be there. Once we introduced our little units, the, the general store opposite the pub said, we want to sell them. And so it was a, it was a wonderful experience. And, and you'll see a little video. It's only about a minute or two, but it, it's, it's quite a fascinating story. And above all, Marble Bar is such a wonderful place. The scenery is just magnificent. The colors of the rocks. That's why it got its name. You know, there's this banded jasper rock that runs across this gorge. It is just stunning, visually stunning. I'll definitely check it out and I'll be adding the link to the video as well as to your website in the show notes. And for people who is be who be interested to know, there's actually a sale or for this product right now on Lazada as well as Shopee. You can find out more on the website of Close Comfort. One last question. Would your technology be possible to be used as a heating solution rather than a cooling solution? Well, when I'm joking, I just simply say, turn our machine around the other way. You'll get a bit of warm air. <laughs> that's a good point and you get cooling on the other side yeah but look you know as i said making feel people feel warm is different because of our physiology uh, and that's why electric heating blankets work well but a cold mattress like a waterbed without a foam insulation doesn't do so well at all in fact it's pretty sticky and wet if you try it in singapore but in really cold weather electric throw rugs that you put over your knees work really well and use hardly any power so it just illustrates how our our physiology is a lot more complicated than we think. So how we get to feel warm is totally different from how we get to feel cool. So on that note, all those 
Instagram ads that I've read about, about cooling mattresses, cooling blankets, all those are actually not true. Well, you know, Adrian, it's all about personal preference. And we're all different. So there's no unique solution that's going to work the same for everybody. But definitely, you want to be cautious about a cooling mattress in an environment where water condenses on anything that's cool. And that's been one of the big challenges in developing a product for a place like Singapore. You know, the moment something is slightly cooled, it's wet. And it's not a good idea to have too much water in the bed. So, you know, it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, but certainly, you know, some people might like cooling, cooling mattresses. There are little, you know, you see a lot on the internet, little tiny boxes that you can put on your bedside table that are evaporative coolers. You know, sometimes these can work, but you need a, an air-conditioned environment for them to work in. It's not like they're providing the air conditioning. They're simply working because the air conditioning dries the air, and so you can get a little bit of extra cooling by evaporating water, and that makes your air conditioner work even harder and puts up your power bill without perhaps you realizing. So it's, it's horses for courses, and, you know, we represent a different approach. And people who use our machines seem to love them, which is great. And that makes me happiest of all. Thank you so much, Professor. I've learned so much from you today over this conversation. And given that I'm a non-engineering person, it really boggles me on all the things that you have taught us today. Thank you so much. And I, I really appreciate your time today. And I wish you continued success your journey with Close Comfort. Thank you, Adrian. It's great to talk with you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.